30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Hey, and welcome back to Rosie on the House. Thanks for tuning in this morning. We appreciate y'all uh, catching the program every Saturday morning. We've got special guests here in the studio this morning from the city of Phoenix, and in particular as it relates to recycling. Jennifer, you lined up all these guests. Yeah, just been the news again. I think we need to be reminded on a regular basis. We get kind of lazy and forget how important it is. Well, I think in the opening weekend of NCAA football, there was actually a Florida football team that took the field, and the entire uniform was made out of recycled plastic they had recovered from the ocean. Wow. <laughs> so I don't know how the uniforms felt, but I Doesn't thought that was kind of an interesting topic. <laughs> so we have brought in the studio this morning Brenda Yanez. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us, Public Rosie. Works, Public Information Officer yes, for sir. City of Phoenix. And we've also got Lucas Mariocker, who is Zero Waste Coordinator. Zero Waste Coordinator. Lucas, that is a noble title and a noble <laughs> objective. It's a it's a ambitious goal the city of Phoenix has, so we're working towards that. That's a long-term goal, but we are working towards zero waste in Phoenix. And tell me... Uh, was it your old boss that came up with this and then retired and left it to you to accomplish? Well, that's funny that you <laughs> mentioned that. Was that Terry that did that to you? <laughs> well, I don't want to put it on Terry, but um, it is part of our, our mayor and city council. Our, our mayor that left recently, our mayor Stanton, came up okay. with that goal. How does City of Phoenix interpret zero waste coordinator? So my role with the City of Phoenix is education-based, um, so I lead a team of education specialists to go out and educate the community about all the initiatives that we're doing, most of the public-facing education. So we're out in the schools, we're doing the tours of our recycling facilities, and then we're doing all the community events. So if, if you're having an event in the community and you want us to come out and provide uh, giveaways or educational material, uh, we attend those events to educate the public about uh, our initiatives, but also about how to recycle the correct things. Jennifer got us all a tour of the facility out on, what is that, Deer Valley Road? No, it's farther north Yeah, it's on the 17 in Dixoletta, so Dixoletta. right when you're leaving the city. Oh. Really quite impressive. We did a, a tour with our homeowners a couple years back. We did. We are a big crowd of them and, and uh, got to see the actual operation. Because for those of us, and Brenda, the education mm -hmm. is so important, because for us, little narrow-minded, fit-in-our-habits homeowners, why can't these plastic bags fit in recycling? They're plastic. They just should go there. Well, boy, what I saw that day proved to me those plastic bags are the recycling center's biggest enemy. That's true. That's very true. And we we want our residents to know that, yes, plastic bags are recyclable, but they go uh, – you can take them to your local grocery store. Um, we do want them to remember, hey – Let's not put them in the recycling container. Why? Well, because as Lucas can testify, and when you guys went out there, you probably saw perhaps there was, you know, machinery that was stuck or was stopped because of the fact that these plastic bags just get stuck in there. And we really have no way of getting them out unless we have our workers go in there and cut them out. Lucas, I'm, I'm trying to just paint a picture for the listeners here mm -hmm. because at the facility – 
you have kind of like a loft skywalk, and you can actually look down on all the operation as it's being done. The landscapers bringing in the green foliage in the one area, and then the trucks coming in and dumping the large volumes of recycles that are being transferred from the blue cans that we all have out at the house. And they're in these long, I want to say, folks, if y'all could just picture like a roll-off dumpster that you see at your neighbor's house when they're remodeling. And maybe five or six of those are connected lengthwise. And then inside that big, long trough are rotating rollers and wheels that move the recycled material down line and sort it and separate it, send it down conveyors, and... Two of the machines, two of the lines we were there that day were dead, not running, and had six or seven people in each one using machetes, cutting these plastic bags out of the gears that just totally choked the equipment and stop it. Yeah, and, and to that point, it's not just shutting down one part of the facility. The whole facility shuts down. So, when it's, And they're called disc screens, so they're really essentially like a metal axle that has rubber stars on it, and it spins really fast. So as you can imagine, plastic bags, like uh, pallet wraps, the, the, the plastic that goes around pallets, all that type of even garden hoses. For some reason, people think those are recyclable. They go into that system, and they get wrapped around those axles, and then once it's a certain amount it gets wrapped around, we have to shut down the facility. And that could take anywhere from a half hour to a couple hours to get that stuff out of there. So, it's, you know, that Sounds expensive. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's expensive, so it's time money lost uh, cleaning those bags out. The plastic bags get crammed. You know, you can probably fit 100 of those into one plastic bag. Sure. You tie them off. You leave them in the garage. And when you run to back to the grocery store, you stuff them in the recycle bin designated specifically for that. Exactly, exactly. And one other thing to remember, I know a lot of people are thinking, oh, no, perhaps I, and this, I before I started working at the city at, at Public Works, <laughs> I used to do this. I bagged my recyclables, and that's a big no-no, right? So our recyclables should be put loosely in the recycling container. That's another thing that is a big issue, right? You do it thinking out of the goodness of your heart. You know, you're doing a good thing, bagging your recyclables. But no, we're not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to bag our recyclables because of that issue with, with the plastic bags. Is all that stuff hand-sorted before it goes to the machines? Yes. Yeah, so everything, Uh and that's a good point, is that everything that comes into that the recycling facility, get the first step is to push it onto the conveyor belt and goes through the the first stage, which is what we call pre-sort and human sort. Mm -hmm. So as you can imagine, if you're getting a bunch of bag material, they don't have time. You guys have been there. That that conveyor belt's moving awfully quick. So if they have bag material, they actually have to take it off the line and and it gets thrown out. So it's very important that the stuff is put in loose so that they can see the items and sort it out properly. Now, if I remember right, Terry said the only exception to that was what do we do with shredded shredded documents? Yes. So do you want to talk about that, Lucas? The yeah, so clear plastic bag, I think. And every time <laughs> I give presentations, I always am reminded by someone that knows that is that the yeah. only thing we will accept in a clear bag is shredded paper. So that's so that the workers can actually see it and pull it off the line. And so that will get recycled. So if you can put shredded paper in a clear bag. Make sure it's tied so it doesn't snow all over the road when we pick it up. But that is recyclable. Only um, thing we can take in a bag, a clear bag. Good memory. Well, and I will tell homeowners this, that if they compost, that material is a huge compost Mm -hmm. multiplier. 
And I mean, when I started using the shredded documents and the shredded paper in our compost, uh, I think Jennifer will probably testify. We make probably some of the prettiest compost in our house that you'll ever see. Now, I can't get it to grow anything. But man, it looks good. I think the not growing is my fault because I give the compost to people and, and, and people love it. But that shredded document material makes absolutely fabulous compost with just your table yeah. scraps off, you know, and your trimmings on the vegetables and coffee grounds, all coffee grounds and all that. I learned something new the other day. Is it true that you cannot are not supposed to recycle pizza boxes? So that's another yes tricky no. item. Um, okay. They are recyclable as long as they're clean and they're free of cheese and grease. Um, I know that's a challenge with most most pizza these days. <laughs> so what we tell residents, rip off the top and recycle that. If, mm. if the bottom is clean, you can recycle it. But if you do have a composting system or if you're subscribed to our uh, organics program, curbside program, you can put it in there. But um, if it's really greasy and cheesy, we don't want it in the recycling process in the recycling container. Can we talk just a minute about what things it, um, you can recycle and you can't? Then just mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So I'll break it down. I usually break it down by four categories. So you have your papers, your plastics, your glass, and metal. Um, papers is any copy paper, newspaper, magazines, um, fiber material, even fiberboard, which would be considered cereal boxes, food boxes, stuff okay. like that. Um, just make sure you pull out the plastic out of cereal boxes. Glass, bottles, and jars. Um, plastic, any rigid or hard plastic. Um, no, none of the soft plastics are film plastic. So when I say that, I'm referring to plastic bags, shrink wrap, bubble wrap, all that stuff. Like frozen veggies, not that. Yeah, not recyclable. Mo- a lot of that film plastic or soft plastic is actually recyclable at the grocery store. So um, most residents don't know that. So we try to uh, reiterate that point. And then uh, paper, also cardboard. So clean cardboard is definitely recyclable. Just make sure that you break it down at your house. Uh, what am I saying? Aluminum and steel yes. and tin mm-hmm. cans. Um, tip on that: Don't throw your car motor in the recycling bin. Mm-hmm. We have got We've a few seen of those that. in the same. The whole That's motor. A we get a lot of car parts. Yeah. We have in the past. So uh, <laughs> bowling balls. Yeah, we've seen. I've seen. We've one. seen everything. Yeah. So. Uh, most of the stuff we want is consumer grade, less than 20 pounds. It, it's stuff that's on our acceptable materials list on our website. Um, there used to be a system of numbers at the bottom of plastic. Is that still in existence? You guys are bringing up a lot of good points. So <laughs> um, those things, the, they're called the resin identification codes on the bottom of plastic. It has nothing to do whether or not it's recyclable in our current system. Oh. So that just tells you the, the resin of the plastic. Um, so we focus on whether or not it's hard or rigid. And most of the items that are hard or rigid are recyclable as long as they can fit in their bin. Um, and any of the stuff that's soft or film or stretchy or you can wrap it around something, that stuff's not recyclable. Um, and, you know, we can get into a conversation about numbers, but I don't want to bore your listeners. And we try to keep it easy, you know, for our uh, community members, for our audi- for your audience, you know, to keep it easy. We have a handy-dandy top 10 in the bin, um, and we're always updating our information on our website, phoenix.gov slash recycle. So that way people can go there and check out, hey, let's go back to the basics and see, like, what we can recycle. So I think staying away from those numbers and saying, like, okay, cardboard, paper, food, bo- food boxes, mail, cans. Um, that type of stuff is is like our go-to stuff. We're here talking about recycling, yeah. and we're here talking about it because if you have never taken a tour of the landfill facilities that we have around the state of Arizona, you haven't come to the realization how much more land are we going to consume burying our trash. 
So we're going to come back and talk about when the recycling program was initiated in uh, the Arizona, as well as the education it took to get people to even start being interested in putting the right things in. And I have to tell you, based on my tour of the recycling plant that we took several years ago, I was guilty, very guilty, of putting a lot of the wrong stuff in there. And I'm going to tell you exactly what it was I was putting in there, and I'll bet you dimes to donuts you're putting in the same thing. When we get back at Rosie on the House. We got three R's we're going to talk about today. We got to learn to reduce, reuse, recycle. Reduce, reuse, recycle. All right, back talking trash at Rosie on the House. We're glad you're joining us. We're here with Lucas Mariocker, the Zero Waste Coordinator for City of Phoenix. Truly an honorable title and a respectable goal, that's for sure. You got a big job there, bud. <laughs> we it's got a lot of people. 30 years to get there. So. You know, yeah. with, a, with a job title like that, you know, you, you've got pretty good job security. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It, you know, if I do my job, I put myself out of a job. You do. So that's exactly That's a good right. thing. 30 years to do so. And, and we have Brent. Linda Yanez, who is with Phoenix Public Works, and she is the public information officer. So she's in charge of all the data and all the communication. And I wanted to kind of come clean and confess that mm. back to Jennifer's comment about the little number in the triangle and the recycle thing that we were all trained, you know, 20 years ago, that that had to be our index. I never saw a styrofoam container that didn't have that little triangle index. So I just assume styrofoam was recyclable. Oh. Yeah, and styrofoam is that one item that's tricky. So it is more of a harder plastic, but it's not recyclable in Phoenix. Um, it's one of those challenging items. A lot of it's because a lot of the styrofoam has food or liquids on it, so that's why it's not recyclable. But the anything that we accept in our programs, there has to be a back-end market for it. So we're never going to put something into our program that we can't sell on the back end. So styrofoam historically has been an item that uh, it's not scalable to get rid of. Um, so that's why it's not recyclable. It sure burns quick. <laughs> it does. But it's not healthy to burn that, so don't be burning it. Stand back, right? <laughs> so another thing that's not recyclable, your electronics. We okay. have um, oh. what we call our household hazardous waste events that we hold, I believe, every couple of months. And they're starting up again in September. So electronics, do not put those in your recycling containers, guys. And if I may add, yeah. batteries. So a challenge we're having in the industry now is lithium-ion batteries, the explosion of those type of batteries. Mm -hmm. Those cause fires at our facilities. So please, uh, residents, do not recycle any type of batteries. Those are Some of those batteries are recyclable at your local hardware or electronics store, though. Very, very specific locations for all of those. So no batteries. Correct. No styrofoam. No electronics. No, electronics. no textile. No clothing, right? So all of the clothes, you can donate fabrics. You can send them to Goodwill, I think, is one of the places that will, will accept almost anything, really. Yeah. Um, there's so many places that will yeah, take clothing. There's bins yeah. everywhere. There's those containers. And we'll, we'll make up a resource guide and link you guys to our Facebook page so people can, yeah. as they're getting organized and trying to figure out where to take things, they can. But I remember my question. Um, so just tracking, do you do like a police kind of a check on, do you guys go around looking people's so recycling we, cans? We, we check containers from time to time. We're working on a pilot right now, actually, and we call it curbside education program. So we're actually going out to the curb checking on containers, making sure that what's in there is the, the right stuff. And we put either if you're doing a great job, we'll say, hey, keep up the good work. Mm -hmm. Or if, if you happen to make a mistake, we have, call it an oops tag. And we'll put an oops tag on there that says, you know, you made a mistake here. You know, next time, please do not recycle that. Put it in your trash container. Now, the um, first time I got one of those was kind of creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Am yeah. I stand that on your, on your curb? Looking through my trash? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and, and, but I get it. I get it. Yeah. And, so did you get a shine on tag after that? It's I, called a shine. Not that no. I remember. Oh, you I get just reward got a tags note yeah. that something like I had put in there wasn't appropriate. I thought, ooh. Well, I've noticed there's one little person in our office who just thinks if something can be used again, it's recyclable. Yes. Today I found yes. a lock in. We were cleaning out oh, my no. office and just threw a lock in there. Well, and that's where we're at today. So, and you guys mentioned that you're hearing recycling in the news. Why you're hearing that is because the country China mm-hmm. has essentially banned a lot of commodities from entering their country. And the reason is because we've gotten into this wishful mentality is that, well, I don't know if it's recyclable, but I'm going to put it in the bin and let them fi- the city figure it out. And the problem mm-hmm. is that's cost, time, and money. So we, every year we, we incur about a million, million plus dollars a year to process contamination. So stuff that was put in the bin that really should have been either donated or or some other outlet as, or even in your trash container. But so we're, we're challenged with that. We get a lot of stuff that people think it's recyclable or they don't know and they're like, well, the city will figure it out for us. And it, that's a huge problem. Mm-hmm. It's a very big problem mm-hmm. we have to deal with. And we've been to the one recycling facility. Does that handle the entire city? No. no there's okay. no. Yeah. yeah, there is two. So we okay. have one. That's the northern. It handles most of northern Phoenix. And we have one down south at 27th Avenue Transfer Station. We have approximately 400,000 customers. So we serve uh, single-family houses for the most part. So anyone that owns houses in Phoenix, any multifamily or condos, most of that's done by the private sector. So uh, we do some nonprofits in uh, schools, but most of our customers are single-family houses in Phoenix. And I want to say we, we probably were introduced into the concept of two canisters separating our trash that probably goes back 20 25 years ago when it first began to get rolled out early 90s yeah you're right early 90s so i think in 1991 is we had our first pilot with recycling so back in terry's days um and we're approaching our 30-year anniversary as well so um but the thing is you know people still need the education Uh, we've had programs for 30 years but we still have contamination so my job is never going to go away. We have a lot of work to do, and, and you know, getting the message out with Brenda here is going to be a big part of that as well. I'd have to imagine school going into the schools is huge. Yeah, we and do. It's a great age school. to get their attention. Yeah, yeah, schools. We do tons of presentations at school assemblies. We had to do assemblies with the kids, and then the tours that you go on. We do. Uh, those are a great field trip for schools, so we're happy to have any. And it's free tour for school, so we, we That's invite That's important. Schools. How would a school participate in that free tour? Yeah, so you can go onto our website. Just go to phoenix.gov slash zero waste, and that will bring you directly to my team's page. And you can actually just click a button that says uh, con- zero waste contact form, and schools can actually reach out and then set up a tour with us. And we do tours almost every week of the year on Thursdays from 9 to 2. So we're very flexible. We were, And we actually – the good thing is we get to uh, schools that are very proactive, so they'll reach out for something in the spring. So, And how about the public in general? Could they get a tour? Oh, yeah. Okay. So we do tour. We can do a tour for one person, or we can do a wow. tour for 110 people. And they're free, so these are very valuable. And as you guys seen, they're very educational, so you're going to see why some of this stuff's not recyclable in our programs. It's very eye-opening. Talking yeah. trash, talking recycling here at Rosie on the House. And if you got to make some trash, well, don't throw it out. Recycle. Welcome back. Talking about a topic that's actually very passionate to me because I have had tours of the landfills around Maricopa County. Huge landfill dilemma down in North Tucson. Where is all this trash going to go? Almost 30 years ago, 
the recycling concept was introduced. We're going to give you two canisters now. We'd like you at the consumer point, at your homeowner, at your home, actually start separating the products for efficient disposal. So we brought in the Zero Waste Coordinator for Public Works of Phoenix, Lucas Mariocker. Lucas, again, thanks for joining us. Sure, thanks for as having As well me. as Brenda Yanez, the Public Works from Public Works, the Public Information Officer. Thanks for letting us get the word out. So we try and get people educated. We have to roll this program out. Are we getting the kind of participation y'all had hoped and anticipated by this time? Yes. So from a participation perspective, we're doing great. So we're approximately around 89 to 90% participation rates of the households that we serve. So that's really good. That is good. Yeah, it's really good. Okay. How much is not going to the landfill? So, Can we talk about how much is going first? How yeah, much sure, is going yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay. Let's talk about that. So like, I can explain it from that direction. About yeah. Phoenix, just the city of Phoenix, not counting the other cities. We produce about a million tons of garbage every year. That's, wow. I think, enough to fill Chase Stadium, if you can visualize it, about seven times. Is that right, Lucas? Yeah, that's correct. To seven the rafters. times. To, to the, the rafters. Ra- you have to open yeah. the ceiling and drop the last <laughs> bag in from the top. <laughs> that's, that's a lot. Of That's garbage. seven times, times each year in one yeah. year. And we're so. bearing, so we're bearing seven chase fields in a landfill in Buckeye. So our landfills in Buckeye, Arizona, most yep. people don't know that. So how it's many, a long distance. How big is that? How many? It's a is very like big. Acres or? Yeah, we have a, I don't know it's the acres. It's 2,650 yeah. acres. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's a large, so we do More have a long yeah, life, exactly. expense, life expectancy of that landfill, but that doesn't mean we should be filling it at the rate we are. Right. So our goal and, is And we've closed a couple. In the, in, in the last act, we closed Skunk Creek, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. We closed Carefree Highway, which yep. was my favorite landfill because it, it was. You have a favorite landfill, Rosie. <laughs> I did. That's cute, Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And now it's a golf course. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, repurposing, right? Yeah. We're all about reusing, reducing, repurposing. So, um, yeah, so we'll take it from there, Lucas. Well, so the challenge is that, you know, like you said, we do have closed landfills. I believe we have five. Um, and when we went to go out to get a new one back in the early 2000s, you know, obviously no one wanted that in their backyard. So we, we, we got it in Buckeye. Um, but the challenge with that is it's 65 to, you know, 59 miles away from our transfer station. So every day we're sending 125 long-haul trucks Whoa. all the way to the landfill to bury stuff. And that's every day. Uh, well, I think it's five days a week, but it, it's a lot of trash that we're bearing. So our goal is a lot of gas to get it down there. Oh, ex- mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. So we came up with some goals back in 2013, along with our mayor and city council, which we call our Reimagine Phoenix, which is a really initiative to divert 40 percent of the waste that we generate from the landfill by 2020. So we're we're at about 30, 33 percent. We right are. Now. Yeah, we're, 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 we've we're gone up We're two-thirds away there. We're close, uh, but it doesn't mean it's not going to be uh, hard to get to the that extra 7 percent Because it's a lot. It's a lot, that million. So we're taking chunks out of that million. So it, And uh, how did you take those chunks out? Part of Reimagine Phoenix was to come up with new programs. So we have a, a curbside, what we call it green organic. So it's a yard waste composting program. So certain neighborhoods have uh, availability to subscribe to that program for 5 bucks a month. And That's so, the third that's the third container you can have. Yes, yeah, the that's black, right. yep. the blue, yeah. and the green. That's on a pilot program right now, only available in certain neighborhoods. All clippings and yard. Yeah, yard. Any cuttings. sort of yard waste, cactus, um, grass. Even you know, if you have a farm, uh, animal manure. Um, there are some people that use it for that, and we can compost that at our brand new state of the art compost facility back at uh, 27th Avenue Transfer Station. So, so you're all. About, I'm sorry. So like horse manure, just everything. 
Yeah, that's acceptable. No, no pet waste, um, but yeah. horse manure is acceptable. We run that through our compost system down at our transfer station, and we turn that into a very clean compost. At uh, certain times of the year, we, we've given well, we've given it out once so far to the public for free. But it's uh, a lot of people call it brown gold because it, it's yeah. super clean. It looks really nice, and it's an amendment to your soil if you're growing gardening stuff like that or, or vegetables and fruit. And y'all give that away by public notice? Yeah, we, we don't do it very often. We've done it once, uh, and we, we will put a public notice out. Um, so next we time do. we have a compost giveaway, we'll make sure you Call guys know. <laughs> yes, yeah. we yeah. will. <laughs> Otherwise, what happens to it? Use it for the city itself? Yeah, so they actually use it on public parks, and some of the public parks to spread it on parks. And we're, we're trying to figure out the the benefits of it right now. We're actually studying it with the Arizona State University. So part of Reimagine Phoenix was also to establish public-private partnerships to help us push forward. And one of those was actually working with ASU to kind of study the benefits of a Organ- I don't want to call it organic, but it's a natural uh, amendment to the soil as opposed to using pesticides and fertilizers. And there has been significant benefits in terms of uh, the reduction of water use and, and the turf and keeping it uh, longer lasting. Well, the study of finding I mean, this recycling isn't just a net expense. I mean, you mentioned earlier that we can't in Phoenix, we're not set up to recycle styrofoam because it's a very specific purpose that it gets used for and and some complications. But all the plastic bottles and all the things you do recycle, because at the recycle plant, it all gets separated, glass, plastic, paper, and it moves down these conveyors. And then are you... Then someone comes and picks those new, now raw, reusable materials up, hauls it away, and they're buying it from you? Definitely, yeah. So you hit it right on the head. So we have a contractor that's actually responsible for selling the commodities that leave the facility. So um, when it gets to the facility, it goes through that sorting process, through the conveyor belts, and it's sorted out into the individual commodities. Then it's uh, bailed up into blocks. blocks of material. You load about 35 of those up onto a truck, a long haul truck, and they get sent to whoever is buying them. So make no mistake, we do generate revenue off of those commodities. And it all goes back to help offset costs, uh, processing costs, stuff like that. But um, plastic water bottles, laundry detergent containers, those are definitely some materials we want you to recycle. Cardboard, Um, that stuff does generate right over. And then, you know, especially uh, uh, aluminum cans. Are you at a point to covering costs yet? Yeah, so we so revenue has gone down. So with the China ban and certain commodities, the revenues have gone down. But you know we're still doing all right. We're generating revenue and we're helping offset costs. So um, that's an ongoing challenge we're working to deal and address. And that's why you're seeing us on this push mm-hmm. on education, especially curbside, because it's right now the the important message is that people recycle the right things because that right. uh, processing cost is contamination cost essentially is a significant. So when when we talk about those China restrictions, right, China is restricting us from, you know, sending them items or stuff that to sell that has that contamination in it. So that's where, you know, our that's where we can get our community's help is let's not put items in the recycling that don't belong in there, because then if you do, it's going to cost money and we might not be able to sell right to help us offset those costs. And the plastic bottles are one. Yep. That really, and and let's talk about the proper protocol for disposing your plastic bottle because y'all want it done a very specific with lid, way, without right? Lid. I yeah. learned, I learned that with lid, I I learned that, yeah. and I'm like, what? I used to take the lid off, and now I know that because it's because like if you take it off and you put it in there without the lid, it'll fall through the cracks, right? In the machine, the lid, right? yeah. Lids will fall so I was like, now every time I throw my water bottle away, it's 
Well, I use a reusable one, but, you know. And that's, and that's, <laughs> that's good for you because it does break my heart a bit when I hear the statistic on how many plastic bottles actually get recycled. Yeah. It's it's a pretty small percentage. Yeah, and, and so what comes through our facilities, we re- and, and that's another misconception. I do so many community presentations, and a lot of the biggest thing I get with misconceptions is that, well, it all goes to the same place. Well, so they're half right. It all goes to the transfer station, but anything that's put in your recycling bin goes to that materials recovery facility that's connected to the transfer station, and we try to recycle it. So that's why it's so important to try to re- uh, or put the right things in the bin because we are going to make every attempt to recycle it, even if it's something that shouldn't be put in the bin. But the protocol in terms of plastic bottles, make sure you put the caps back on. So make sure the liquid's mm-hmm. out, screw the cap back on. And the reason for that is anything smaller than about two and a half inches in diameter actually falls through the cracks of the facility. So if you're trying to recycle a bunch of small stuff thinking you're doing the right thing, understand and remember, make sure it's above two and a half inches. So that's why you have to put the caps back on the bottles. And that's your liter soda pop bottles yeah. and your yeah. and your 12-ounce water bottles and whatever. Just save the cap, finish it, and cap it and throw it in the recycle bin. Yep. And please throw it in the recycle bin. It truly chaps me all over <laughs> when I hear the percentage oh, no. <laughs> of plastic bottles that never mm-hmm. make it back to the recycle. When I see flats of water leaving the grocery store in carts, and I'm just thinking, you know, there goes there goes 96 bottles, and mm-hmm. one or two on a national average will make it back to recycling. That's a sin. Well, hey, uh, change the subject a little bit. How about sticky notes are no-no, right? And envelopes with sticky on them? No, they're fine. Oh, so, are they really? Yeah, just make sure you put it back on a piece of paper to that two-and-a-half-inch rule. So um, paper is completely recyclable. I would consider that a paper. It's a small piece of paper, okay. so stick it back on. But you don't need to rip staples out. You don't need to take the windows out of a plastic envelope or, excuse me, a paper envelope. We don't want plastic envelopes. That's all good. That's removed in the downstream po- process of recycling paper, but that's all recyclable, oh. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got that one wrong. <laughs> well, that's, that's why, why that's why we've invited <laughs> Lucas and Brenda here so we can talk about these things, what to, what not to recycle, how to, and let's stay committed and let's drive that participation level up to y'all's target of 40%. Become uh, let's put Lucas out of a job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got 30 years, but you know, I can retire early. It doesn't matter to me. So one of the other things that I wanted to talk about is we recently we had a really well-known uh, speaker. We created this event, and Lucas's team helped with this, to educate the community about zero waste, right, to motivate everyone about zero waste. So um, B. Johnson, she has a really large following of, of zero waste um people. I mean, it's really essential to to let people know that no matter what you do, um, it makes the difference, right? So there's people that they go all the way, you know, they tried to do zero waste. And this lady, uh, the speaker that we had for the community, it was a free speaker. She generates about a cookie jars worth of trash every year. I mean, that's almost every like, year. Yeah, the whole that's year. It. And I'm like, okay, that's not me. I I can't do that. I'm not there yet. However, I am trying. So like reusable water bottle, you know, she had all these tips that, of course, Lucas's team also helps with, you know, educating our community. Um, But it just it helps to know that you can make a difference as small as it is. You can make a difference. You really can. Well, it's like a lot of things. It's like weight control. It's like budgeting. I mean, you make a two degree change in your habits and that two degree going projected down the road 
ends up being a pretty significant improvement of whatever it is you're trying to do. So if we mm-hmm. just get everybody to participate, that next five to eight to ten percent, we'll be in a great position. Yeah, exactly. and, and Brenda brings up an excellent point. So I, we tend to focus just on recycling a lot, but really. In terms of a hierarchy, we should be focused on reducing the waste we're producing in the mm-hmm. first place, and then we're using the stuff that we have to purchase. So that is simply buying reusable stuff. And you're seeing a lot of it in California along the coast as they're banning certain uh, straws and plastic bags. But you know, here in Arizona, we're focused on you know reducing it. It's a voluntary effort, but we want to make sure that people know that the most important thing is reduce what you're doing. Bring reusable grocery st- bags to the grocery mm-hmm. store. Bring your reusable water bottle to refill it. You know, and then you know if you have to purchase stuff, purchase stuff that's recycled. And then support those markets on the back end. So buy commodities that are materials that have, have recycled, post-consumer recycled content in them. Yeah, it sounds like but, the other thing you can do quite easily is just figure out what's supposed to go in there and what's not to save that time and expense of right. putting the burden on you to figure out where this yeah. goes. Yep. Yeah, Let's yeah. get on the recycle bandwagon. That's the message from Rosie on the House this morning. All right, doing everything we can here at Rosie on the House to reduce the load of material. We're sending landfills all across the state of Arizona to get you, the homeowners, excited and engaged in recycling your waste. What are our key takeaways here in wrapping this up and getting people on board, getting them passionate about participating? So I think that everyone can make a difference. You know, the from the smallest act to the biggest act, everyone can make a difference. Um, I think that's one of the biggest takeaways. Just remember when you're recycling, recycle the kind of the right stuff. If you're in doubt, toss it out. That's that's what we kind of like to stick to. Um, the other thing is our resource innovation campus, which um, we can talk a little bit about. I love sure. the sound yeah. of it. What goes on there? Innovation. <laughs> Everyone loves innovation, right? So it's out at our uh, 27th Avenue uh, transfer station. It's um, by a closed landfill. And we have, we're working on essentially recruiting companies um, that will create local markets for the stuff that's really tough to recycle. For example, there's a company there. um, We went through the request for proposal. You know, we went through the correct city protocols. um, But there's a company there called Palm Silage, and they're actually turning the palm fronds that are coming in to food for livestock. So that's that's one of the things that was going to the landfill quite a bit. And um, that's that's a lot of tonnage. And so we want to make sure, hey, let's try to use that here locally and repurpose it somehow. So you've given Um, them a place to do that and and they just experiment away and until they come up with what they need to do. And then eventually, I guess people know they can bring their. And the landscapers and stuff will bring their yes. palms. Yeah, yeah. We actually, it, we can actually announce that right now. If you have a landscaper that has palm fronds, have them bring it out to our 27th Avenue transfer hmm. station. We have a class that they can go through and they'll get a discount for the tonnage. If it's a Phoenix resident, actually all Phoenix residents get one free ton with their bill. So you can bring in a ton of palm fronds and we will take them. And Palm Silage will work on turning them into livestock for, um, or food for livestock. <laughs> okay. Yeah. A great innovative way of repurposing what, what would end up taking up space in a landfill. Exactly. exactly. It's great. Uh, you said public could get a tour of the facility. I, I, mm-hmm. I think tours of the facilities kind of open people's eyes as to what y'all are really trying to do and, and the challenge you have on your hands. I think it helps people mm-hmm. buy in to see it. 
Yes. Yeah, it, the tours of our recycling facility up north are probably the most effective education tool my team has. So we offer public tours free of charge to all residents of Phoenix I mean, even outsiders, if they want to take tours, um, on every Thursday of the week. So the only Thursday I was reminded in a public presentation that I don't do a holiday uh, Thanksgiving on tours. Well, good for you. <laughs> but, uh, and, and every other week. And we're coming up on the holidays. And the holidays, I have to think, I mean, when I see the mountains of cardboard mm-hmm. on curbsides the day after Christmas, I tell them don't do that for security reasons because everybody yeah. in your neighborhood now knows, knows what you, you got. got. That's true. <laughs> got That's you. true. But what are your tips for holiday recycling? So holiday recycling, as you mentioned, is the one of the biggest times of year when we get an influx of material. So mm-hmm. if you want to see mountains of recyclables, come to our <laughs> tour during the Christmas time, holiday time. Um, but the tips in terms of uh, recycling the correct things, you want to make sure, again, stick to the basics. You know, Go to our website, phoenix.gov slash recycle. We update that almost a week, on a weekly basis. But uh, paper, stick to any sort of, if you're using a recycling wrapping paper, stick to paper that you can rip. So a tip with paper, if you can rip it, you usually can recycle it. If, if And you can tell if uh, paper or wrapping material is plastic. If you try to rip it, it doesn't rip. It's because of a plastic adhesive on the top of it. So stick to all that type of stuff. Again, any foods, liquids that doesn't go in your recycling bin, if you're recycling any rigid hard plastics, bottles, containers, make sure the food and liquids are out of there. Uh, another tip, you don't have to spend 20, 30 minutes scrubbing on a peanut butter jar make sure actually a tip i was always wondering about that yeah actually i did something this past week i actually filled it with water let it sit for about five minutes and then i shook it for about you know 30 mm-hmm. to 40 seconds and actually got most of the peanut butter out of there so there's a tip just make sure most of the food and liquids are out of any containers or jars um, but you know that's just a tip for you guys but what about holi- ribbon for the holiday? ribbon so no ribbon no we ribbon. don't want any ribbon flocking that's a tangler right i don't even know what flocking is but it's not recyclable <laughs> Wow. Um, someone brings that up. So anyways, sorry, but that's not no ribbon, um, no string or twine. Again, it just always focus on the, you know, we have some materials on our website, uh, papers, plastics, uh, rigid so plastics. So going along the same lines with ribbons and tanglers, right? We call them tanglers, like the lights, Christmas lights. If you oh, have some that uh, aren't working oh. and you're just like, okay, I'm going to toss them out. No, not in the recycling container, please. I think all those, you can also donate to Goodwill. Yeah, yeah um, you can donate those. You know, instead of throwing them in the trash. But, of course, trash versus recycling bin, yes. And no Christmas trees either. All right, no. all of you listeners to Rosie on the House, we gotta, we're going to start a movement here to put Lu- Lucas Mariocker out of a job. <laughs> he is the zero waste coordinator, and we've got to get to that point so he will be unemployed. And Brenda Yanez, you will then have the ongoing honor of continuing to be the public information officer for Phoenix Public Works. And we, we can send Lucas, like, little cards and things when he's on the beach unemployed, right? I'll be picking up plastic. We need Lucas. plastic on the beach. On the beach, yeah. We need Lucas and his team. Yeah. Well, yeah. we really want to thank you all for being generous with your time coming in this morning and sharing with us what y'all's vision is for what City of Phoenix can do and, in turn, how we can then do that every other community within the state of Arizona and be aggressive, be passionate about recycling. This is one of the things that can make a huge difference. The other thing we're going to have to do, we've arranged the tour for the recycling center. I, I think somehow, some way, we need to arrange a tour for the landfills so people can really see the job those people have and the masses of trash we're trying to handle. Talking trash. Wrapping it up at Rosie on the House.